Welcome to this episode of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. I'm Trey Rhodes, Connections Pastor at Northwood Baptist Church here in North Charleston, South Carolina. And in just a few moments, our lead pastor, Tommy Metter, will be joining the conversation as well. In our crazy and chaotic world, we hope that these few minutes will help you to stop and reflect on your relationship with Jesus and also to encourage you to connect Christ-centered faith to your everyday life. We want to welcome everyone to Connecting Faith to Life podcast. We're here with Pastor Tommy Metter. He's going to be introducing one of his dear friends in just a moment, and uh, we're looking forward to hearing that. But I just want to encourage you to keep on getting the good word out and uh, letting people know the importance of coming and listening to this podcast every single week. And one of the ways you're going to be able to do that is make sure they subscribe. Even if you've got to do like I did this past week, get on somebody's phone and subscribe them to it. Do it. They'll enjoy it. So uh, this week we have uh, Pastor Sam Greer, and uh, Pastor Tommy is going to introduce him. They're, they're dear friends, and uh, he's a senior pastor and has written a book called uh, about gospel conversations. And today we're going to be talking about four ways to be a gospel conversationalist. So Pastor Tommy, why don't you take over from here and uh, we'll get going. So glad we've got our guest with us. Sam Greer is a dear friend of mine. Uh, we met back in um, early 2000s. We were in seminary together at New Orleans Seminary. Not only were we in seminary together, we pastored in the same small town of Franklinton, Louisiana. It's about 60 miles north of New Orleans. I think it's a population of about seven people, right, Sam? Seven people lived in Franklinton, Louisiana, and six of them went to your church and one went to my church. And so that was a lot of fun pastoring together in that town. And we uh, hung out a lot together. We went through the PhD program together. And so Sam over the years has been a dear brother in Christ. And I'm very thankful to call him a friend and proud of the work that he's done. He pastors, he's the lead pastor of Red Bank Baptist Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Also, that church has recently merged with uh, the signal. It's actually the church. What is it called, Sam? I'm sorry, I'm messing this up. The point at signal. Yeah, it's the Point Church at Signal, at yeah. Signal Mountain, Tennessee. So Sam preaches at his church. Well, it, it's all one church now, but you preach on one campus, then drive to another campus, come back and preach. You preach seven times a day, and you come home tired, right? I'm exhausted after three, not quite seven. But, three. <laughs> but Sam has written two books. He has written The Gospel Conversation. He's also written The Gospel Conversationalist, and he's working right now on a third book, the Gospel Conversational Church. So he's real passionate about people having gospel conversations. But before we dive into that, Sam, yes. do you remember when we first met? I don't I remember did. exactly where or exactly how, but I do remember that I came over to your house. And when I came over to your house and met your wife, she thought I was the greatest person to ever walk on the face of the planet, didn't she? She did not. She did not. <laughs> she thought you were um, a punk, basically. <laughs> Arrogant and- you just, I mean, you just made quite the impression. Now, I, I will back up and say uh, it's not that surprising because the first time I saw you and met you, we were in an evangelism class, oddly enough, and uh, Robbie Gallaty stood up. Everybody was introducing themselves. Robbie Gallaty was one of the students. He stood up to introduce himself to the class, and he said, now, if you don't know Robbie, he's just an enormous he's guy. He's about seven foot five. I mean, taller than Goliath was. He's huge. And he stood up and said, I once was an ultimate fighter, a UFC fighter, and I got saved, and here I am. And then the very next guy to stand up was Tommy Metter. Um, I'm not seven foot five. 
you're not. <laughs> and you was you, and then you stood up and said, "I too was a ultimate fighting uh, champion as well." So it was really funny. Yeah, and I, I found out later I really offended Robbie Gallaty. Yeah, he didn't think I, it was as funny as I thought it was. Oh, <laughs> oh man! But yeah, that kind of impression on my wife was just one, <laughs> one to remember for sure. But, but she loves you now. She loves me now, right? I, I, it just takes a while for me to grow on you, right? Loves you now. Yeah, she's a, she's a sweet lady, and, and I love her and your family, and you guys, again, have just been great friends. Okay, so, Sam, you have written these two books and are writing a third. Just tell me for a moment before we dive into what we're going to talk about today why you are so passionate about gospel conversations. I, I tell you, Tommy, it happened in 2015. I was was going for a jog, a run at my mother-in-law's house. And on the last part of the run, I was running up a hill and an SUV was coming over the top of that hill. And the SUV saw me, I saw the SUV, they slowed down, they pulled over to my side of the road and the back passenger window went down and and it was so hot. I, I mean, if you looked at me, you could tell the painful expression I was wearing on my face, my shoes, my earbuds. I mean, you could tell, okay, this guy's trying to exercise, like he's trying I wasn't running. I may have been just barely moving, but I was moving. I was trying to exercise. So as they approached me and the window rolled down and that cool air conditioned air went, went over my face, it was so refreshing. And an arm came out of the window and in the hand of that arm was a cold, crisp Mountain Dew. Mm. And that Mountain Dew had droplets of ice that were just cascading down that bottle. And so he handed it to me in stride and I grabbed it, looked at it and said, thank you and meant every word of it. And then the driver said, wait, stop. So they stopped, I stopped, and the lady looked at me and said this, will you open this for me? <laughs> Craziest thing I've ever had. Who stopped somebody from exercising? <laughs> so I opened it, handed it back to her, dying of thirst. I started having a pity party, and God just dropped Thor's hammer on me right there and said, hey, how many times have you had what somebody needed, the mm. living water, gospel, mm. And you failed to share it with him. You kept it to yourself. And I, I tell you, that was 2015. I, I just felt so compelled and convicted uh, to have these everyday conversations. Because, you know, as a pastor, we do pulpit evangelism all the time. We do evangelism with weddings and funerals all the time, visits and hospitals all the time. But I was not being faithful in my everyday life mm. with my neighbors, with my girls' coaches and teachers and just, you know, the people you run into in everyday life. It just wasn't happening. So I just fell into heavy conviction and from there started this process of where we are now. Mm. Well, I know that's really become an emphasis of your ministry at Red Bank, and I know that you're seeing your church respond well to that. They're having more and more gospel conversations, so I'm excited about this conversation. So let's get started, Trey. Let's yeah. uh, talk about these ways that we can be gospel conversationalists. So the four ways that we're going to look, we want to look at today is we want to first of all, we're going to be repenting of not having gospel conversations. Uh, we already heard a little story about that. Uh, we want to talk, uh, think more about having gospel conversations and then be able to tell our testimony. And then last, we want to look for gospel conversation starters. So this is going to be a great time to, to really get involved in, like uh, Pastor Sam has already said, uh, getting involved in everyday conversations. So, uh, Sam, why don't you get us started on repent of not having gospel conversations? Yeah, if, if, you, th if you think about just modes of evangelism in a local church setting, they're, you know, 
two of the main modes is either come and see where we have a gathering. Maybe it's an event. Maybe it's a worship service on a Sunday and people come and see. And when they come and see, hopefully <laughs> they come and hear the gospel. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, hopefully Pastor Tommy is preaching the gospel. I hope we're trying. And another way, another mode is go and tell that we go either backyard Bible clubs or on a mission trip. We go and take the gospel with us and we tell. So we go on a week trip or or trip for a week or whatever it is. The third way is the way that we need to repent of not doing. And that is telling as you go. Mm. The great commission, the participle there is as you're going, take disciples. So we tell as we go just in everyday life. And hey, the first way to start having these conversations is to repent of not having them. That's Mm. what I had I had to repent of not doing that in my own life as a pastor. I mean, uh, we we are told to do the work of an evangelist. Uh, Mm -hmm. That is, that is what we're called to do. So when you say repent, just kind of give us an idea. I know you told the story, but in my life, for instance, let's say you're talking to Trey and you say, Trey, this is what I'm talking about when I mean repent of that. Yeah. What I mean is, is, Turning, you know, repentance is, just has this idea of turning. Mm-hmm. So, um, from not having them to being more intentional about having those those conversations. He, here's the reality, as far as studies tell us, that 99% of believers claim they do not have the gift of evangelism. Mm-hmm. Well, the problem there is evangelism is not a gift. Work that we must do, do the work of an evangelist. And 95%, according to Tom Mercer in his book, 8 to 15, he says 95% of people who are believers uh, claim that they were led to Christ by somebody in their oikos, he calls it, in their circle of influence. The 8 to 15 people that we all have is how 95% of believers came to Christ. And so what I mean is focusing on that. Um, that that mode of evangelism in everyday life. That's what that kind of means. I I like what you say there, Sam. You're talking about telling as you go. We talk about this all the time at Northwood. We Uh, we don't use this particular language, but that is a helpful way to state it. Tell as you go, because like you said, you know, our oikos, that household, that circle of influence we have, most of us came to faith because someone we knew shared the gospel with us, whether it was a parent, a family member, a friend. We came to to Christ because, and now it happens, it happens that someone we might not know shares with us, but more often than not, we come to faith because someone who loves us and has a relationship with us shares the gospel with us. So I think that's, that's really good, man, just telling as you go, understanding yeah. that you have a circle of influence that God has given you and use it for the sake yes. of the gospel. Yeah. Yes. Good it news. can be fun. It, it can be fun. Exactly. I think it is a blast. And so once we repent, I think what we got to do is we got to make sure that there is a way that we say, okay, now that I'm making a determination I'm going to have everyday gospel conversations, yeah. then I th- we want to have more of some nuts and bolts on what we do from that point on. So number two, you say to think more about having go- gospel conversations. So let's go yeah. into that a little bit. I, I get it all the time from deacons in the church, from leaders in the church, from just lay, lay people in the church. Hey, I just, I never think about it. I just never think about my, I get up, I get in my day and my, you know how days go. And I just, I never really think about having those conversations. So, you know, when you think about like, we, we talked about the Oikos, those eight to 15 people. Um, I know there's a real movement in our Southern Baptist life now of who's your one. 
identify that one person you're going to share the gospel with this year. I think that's a helpful way to think about it. Identify those eight to 15 people. That's the first step. Okay, I need to identify who they are. Then I need to figure out ways to uh, invest in them. Uh, be involved and make it some kind of bridge to their heart and then invite them to, to Christ. So just it's, it's, it's helpful to think about uh, having these conversations. And again, one of those first places to start is for you yourself and for me to think about the gospel every day, because we need it every day. Mm-hmm. Need the gospel every day. Yeah. Yeah. So what would you think about, you know, for that person who has never, really been active in sharing the gospel and is wanting to begin that process of sharing more, and you're saying, think about it. When you say, think about the gospel for yourself and think about sharing it, I mean, what do you do? I mean, you just get up every morning and you start thinking, okay, Jesus loves me. How do you think about the gospel every day? Yeah, um, that's, a, that's a, I mean, the first great thing you can do is probably read the scripture every mm. day. Just these spiritual disciplines that um, seem so simple and maybe even cliche, but man, it's just the, I think that's part of doing the work of an evangelist is prayer, uh, getting in the word, reminding yourself of the gospel. The gospel doesn't only save the unsaved. The gospel is saving the saved every day. We're being saved and made new, uh, every morning. And so just reminding ourselves of the gospel, read scripture and pray. That's, that's the way to start. Yeah. And, and you, you talk about moving from thinking about how people can serve you to how yeah, you can yeah, yeah. serve them. What do you mean by that? Yeah. You know, um, <laughs> we just, what we think about, okay, I'm going to go get, um, an oil change or I'm going to go have lunch today. or I'm going to go get a cup of coffee. And we think about those people in those areas of service serving us and providing a service for us. But if we can, uh, kind of just, reposition our thinking on that and say, okay, how can I serve them today? How can I be a blessing to them today? What kind of word can I say? Uh, can I ask how I might pray for them today? What, what can I do to be intentional about um, serving them? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so really, when we're talking about having more gospel conversations, if we're going to have more gospel conversations, then a work has to start in us if there's going to be a work through us, right? So, so, so for us, it's knowing that God wants to grow me in the fruit of the Spirit. He wants to empower me to share the gospel. And so those basic disciplines, prayer, Bible study, reminding ourselves of the grace of God, those things really are the fuel for the fire, right? If you're not developing it in your own walk with Jesus, you're not going to be passionate about sharing with people who are far from Jesus. And so God wants to do a work in us as he does a work through us, right? That's right. That's exactly right. Yes. I would say amen twice to that. Well, I'm, I would say it three times. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking okay. of that, one, t- Tommy, one time uh, he was preaching, and I was we, our churches got together, and he came <laughs> off the platform, sat down, and amen himself. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, day. I'm a little more mature than I used to be back in the day, <laughs> but I hope I am anyway. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, part of that, I think, is also it's not just thinking about having the gospel conversations, which is so important, uh, and just keeping that out there. But then I think people need to be willing to share how Jesus has changed them. And that goes to our third point, which you say we need to tell our testimony. Yeah. Something I started at at Red Bank, by the way, it's it's been a we're experiencing gospel conversation movement in our church. Um, We we. 
last year was the was the first year 2018 was the first year we officially set a church-wide goal for gospel conversations and we set a goal of um 2018 because it was the year 2018 nothing spiritual about that and ended up having right under 2,000 conversations mm -hmm. as a church and saw 153 people come to Christ through wow. that, which was just so rewarding and refreshing but one thing I started doing about six years ago to help change this culture uh, was teach a class on Wednesday nights called cast and in that class basically what I do is I, I'll take 15 to 18 people 12 how many ever in the room and we just write out our testimony and then I have them each week share it with a different person uh, men with men women with women sharing their testimony with different people for six weeks because what I found out was there are people in, in at Red Bank who've been there 40 years and have never heard each other's stories mm -hmm. that's unacceptable if we're not sharing our testimonies with the people in the church, we're never going to share it with anybody outside the church. Mm. So I just fell under heavy conviction about that. And, uh, and so we, I teach them to share their testimony. Mm, mm. Yeah. And, and so we found that too at Northwood, just the importance of practicing sharing the gospel. I mean, it seems kind of odd to sit across from, you know, for me to sit across from you, Sam, and say, okay, let's take the next 15 minutes, and I'm going to share the gospel with you. That just kind of seems kind of weird because we're friends and all that, but there really is some value in practicing these conversations, isn't there? Yes, absolutely. You got to, I mean, practice, it, it, it makes perfect sense. You have to get your reps in. You just have to get mm -hmm. your reps in when it comes to sharing your testimony and sharing the gospel. And here's something else I found out about testimonies. I've had people say, well, you know, I was raised in the church. I, I, I think, Tommy, you came to Christ at a young age, right? That's correct. Yeah. So I'll have people tell me, well, my testimony is not powerful because I grew up in a Christian home. I came to, came to faith in Christ at a young age, and that's all I've ever known. And what they're saying is that their testimony is not colorful. Mm. But it's always, if you have a testimony that of the resurrected Christ has saved you, that is powerful. Right. That's a and good word, right? So it doesn't have to be colorful. Oh. Right. And because we think about, you know, the stories of the person who was addicted to alcohol for 45 years and one night came to Christ and never touched again. That's a colorful testimony. Right. But my story of coming to faith in Christ as uh, a, a child, a six, seven year old boy, is just as powerful as the person who came to Christ after spending years in addiction, because the same God who was at work in that addict's life has been at work in my life as well. And so every story, no matter how insignificant you think your story might be every story is powerful so when you think about sharing your testimony sam what are you looking for when, when i'm sharing my testimony what am i wanting to focus on when i share use my testimony to share the gospel yeah um, you know the age old way of doing that goes all the way back to acts chapter 26 where paul the apostle just shares what his life was like before he came to christ uh what happened how did he come to christ and then number three, what was his life like after he came to Christ? So those are the three uh, big ideas. If you're going to write out your testimony, write, okay, what was your life like before Christ? Well, I was six years old. I don't, I don't, I don't, well, that's okay. If you can't write a lot in that section, that's okay. That may not be where the crux of your testimony is. Maybe it's how you came to Christ or maybe since you've come to Christ. Well, I was once far from God. Now I'm near to God. I I didn't have any peace and joy and satisfaction, uh, but now I do even when things are tough. And so talk about how your life has changed since you've come to Christ. 
And so what we want to talk about in our testimony, obviously, is we were far from God. We were separated from him. Uh, how the gospel was presented to us, the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. And then was it somebody who prayed for us? Was it an event? Was it a tragedy? And then how has our life been like since? How's Christ changed us? That's good. That's good. And what we tell our people at Northwood is we tell our people that your testimony is a powerful tool to share the gospel, but your testimony is not the gospel, right? The gospel is the good news of the the death and resurrection of Jesus for us, and your testimony is how the gospel has changed your life. And so, so making sure, right, Trey, in that conversation that we're actually sharing about the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus. Yeah, and I, now I will build that into my testimony as well, right. that where you can say, and that's the same thing you can do as well here today, uh, but uh, I think that's very important. Now, you, you actually use two great questions when you're trying to talk about your testimony, sharing your testimony. Uh, what are those questions that you use to kind of open the conversation up to kind of bring it towards the gospel? Yeah, um, I, I saw these questions. Um, Nam used to do a 60-second share your uh, gospel conversation a couple years ago, and two of these questions I heard in one of those testimonies, which I think are great questions for the Americans, uh, for the American church to speak to people who are in our nation who's so busy all the time. So yeah. the first question is, you know, what do you do for a living? That's just a, a an opening question. And then at some point, um, after you hear what they do for a living, share what you do, and then ask the question, what are you living for? That's a different question. Oh, yeah. And say, well, I don't, I'll have to think about that. What are you living for? And then you can have the opportunity to tell your testimony because you're right. The testimony is a great tool to share the gospel, but it's only a tool. However, it's one of the greatest tools we have mm. because if I can argue you into believing the gospel, somebody or the Bible, somebody else can argue you in not believing mm-hmm. the Bible, the accuracy, the inerrancy of the scripture. But no, nobody can argue your testimony. It's yours, mm. and they can argue that. Mm. That's mm. exactly right. The, the greatest skeptic can't say that didn't happen to you if it really did. So there's not much they can come against that mm. with. That's right. Um, uh, let's, let's, let's drop to number four and let's start talking a little bit about gospel conversation starters, because I think so often, and I know in my life, you start to think, how do I get to that point? You know, how do I, how do I get them to hear, to the point of uh, bringing the gospel in or sharing my testimony? You've already given us away about the testimony, but, uh, what are some gospel conversation starters that we can use? Yeah. You know, what, what, are the, what are the things that can take, let's say, for example, you've got conversation A. This is a casual conversation. Uh, what do you do for a living? Tell me about your family. Um, where'd you go to school? And then, then you have conversation C, which is a gospel conversation. How do we get from conversation A to conversation exactly. C? Exactly, that's happens, what I'm asking. Yeah, what happens in conversation B to get us there? Um, and, and I think a helpful thing to look for and to, to pray through is just, okay, what are some connections I can make? What are some conversational starters? Uh, for example, I was talking to Tim one day. Uh, Tim was a guy who um, I met in a community where we were doing a, a service mission work. And Tim had a, a necklace on that was a cross. And I noticed that cross and I said, man, I like your cross. Uh, where'd you get that? I've never seen one like that before. And he said, well, this is really an urn. This has my son's ashes in it. Mm, mm. Wow, I've never seen anything like that before. And so I said, that reminds me uh, of another cross where an, uh, another son died. The wow. God's, I just went into the gospel that way, just off of that necklace. Wow. So I just 
look for different, you know, pay, what are they like? What are they into? People love to talk about themselves. Yeah. So try to find the connection with them. Uh, one of them, I failed terribly at uh, a food delivery service that I failed miserably at the other day. First time I've ever used one of these food delivery services. I don't know if you've ever used one. They deliver food for restaurants that don't deliver food. And so I downloaded the app and I ordered my food and I was very proud of myself because I, I'm technologically inept. And so I was proud of myself for doing this. And uh, 30 minutes, they said, your food will be delivered in 30 minutes by Charles was the driver. And so I said, okay, great. And then I get an update an hour later, 60 minutes later. And in an hour later, they said, well, um, your, your food will be delivered in 96 minutes. That's two and a half hours after <laughs> order. Charles disappeared. Angela's your new driver. 30 minutes later, wow. I get another message. Angela's picking up the food. She'll be there in 22 minutes. 30 minutes later, we're two hours and 15 minutes into this. She calls me and says, Hey, my GPS went out. I can't find you. Can you come meet me? So I delivered my own food to myself. (laughs) (laughs) Farther to meet her to get the food than it would have taken me to drive to the restaurant. So I was irritated. I got to her and she handed her whole family was in the car. They were eating a meal. It wasn't my food, but they were eating a meal. (laughs) She handed me my bag and said, man, my GPS went out. First time it's ever happened to me. And I was so frustrated. I missed the opportunity to Mm. say, you know what? There is a GPS that will never go out. It's the word of God, and it will never go out on Mm. you because of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. And I just missed it. There's so many times I've missed opportunities. And after the fact, God said, you just blew that because I was irritated, you know. And the reality is, right, that those moments of frustration might be the best opportunities to share the gospel because in those moments of frustration, when we can show grace instead of frustration, man, that's powerful, isn't it? I have to repent all the time. Yes. You blew that, Sam. <laughs> I heard it this way. I heard it said this way. Don't dismiss disappointments because your disappointments may be God's appointments. Mm, mm, mm. So don't miss them. That's right. That's good. Well, Sam, we're, we appreciate your time, and it's been a blessing Absolutely. to be with you. But uh, as we close, is there just uh, one, one uh, I guess, word of encouragement or uh, word of wisdom that you can give us yeah. when it comes to gospel conversations that you want to yeah, leave us with today? Here's what I try to remind our uh, our folks of having these conversations. It is work. It's a lot of work that goes into this. However, um, we're not working alone. Mm. The Holy Spirit has gone before us. Um, he does the work. We can't save anybody. I can't. Not even Pastor Tommy can save anybody. <laughs> but we can share the gospel with anybody. That's right. God, the Holy Spirit's doing the work. Mm-hmm. Sam, you are an inspiration to me. You're a dear friend, a brother, and I appreciate you so much. Thank you so much uh, for your time with us today. Thank you for taking some time out of your sabbatical. You're actually on sabbatical right now, writing your third book, and we're going to pray that that goes well for you. So thank you for just taking a few moments to spend with us. And I hope for you, if you're listening to this conversation, that this was helpful for you. And I do hope that if you're continuing to be um, blessed by the conversations we're having on a weekly basis, that you would subscribe to this podcast, as Trey mentioned earlier, and that you would leave us a review. Reviews help other people find this podcast so they can benefit from it as well. But I hope that this podcast today has helped you connect faith to life.